Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage podcast. Uh, of course, I'm your host, David, as per usual. Um, Ted is off this week again. His place is now usurped by one of um, one of the greatest voices of our generation. <laughs> um, no, she. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I don't want to oversell it yet. Undersell it. Um, she. Uh, her name is Kayla, uh, Kayla Jackson, and we we first started uh, slinging breadsticks at Olive Garden once <laughs> upon a time. Uh, that that's where I know her from the best. Um, you know, slinging those sticks, that endless soup and salad. Uh, however, once we parted ways, that's kind of when we started getting into our own things, um, and you know, instead of me giving you guys the official slash unofficial oral history of her career i'm going to take this opportunity to welcome her and let her do it for herself so everyone please welcome kayla kayla how are you doing darling i'm wonderful thank you so much i'm super glad to be here i'm excited to be part of the show today yay Um, (laughs) i'm so excited to have you too and thank you so much again for agreeing to do this i I hope that it ends up not being super painful (laughs) i think it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah um we've we've had uh quite a few repeat guests uh, on the podcast in the past so just going off of that it seems like we are doing something at least a few things right to where people actually want to come back on they're they're not leaving and they're like god that was the worst experience of my entire life (laughs) so yeah so i i greatly appreciate you coming on um so uh yeah for um I know a lot of people, a lot of listeners are probably not familiar with you or familiar with your work. Uh, Do you want to start by giving our listeners just a brief summary of your um, your career thus far in uh, in adulting, as it were, (laughs) um, and everything that you've done leading up to your decision to make the move into voice acting? Sure. Um, Yeah. So I didn't know I wanted to be a voice actor until I started becoming one. (laughs) Um, I was actually a music major and I did music for the better part of a decade. Um, I started, you know, as a wee, wee young lass in fifth grade, as most of us do, middle school band. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I did band all through um, my first year of college. So, you know, I was first chair. I was drum major in my high school. I did marching band. I marched cymbals in college. Um, and it was the thing that I really wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be a music teacher. I wanted to teach high school marching band. And after my first semester in, in college, um, the realization hit me that I actually didn't want to do that anymore, <laughs> which is kind of devastating when you've spent 10 years of your life, like this is what I'm going to do forever and ever. And then you have no idea what you want to do. Um, so I, I quit school after my first year. Um, and yeah. you know, I, <laughs> no student debt anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, I, I say hell yeah for multiple reasons, but I mean, hell yeah, first of all, for quitting um, when making that bold decision and to the student loan debt thing that, that kicks ass. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm glad that I'm not paying off tens of thousands of dollars for something that you, I didn't use. <laughs> yeah, you, sh- you should be because I cannot say the same for myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, after I quit school, um, 
I did the whole the whole retail thing. Um, I was actually a preschool teacher for a little bit, so I did that. Um, mm-hmm. I started working at Olive Garden, which is where we met. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that. I think I was there for about a year, and then I started working for Lego. I did that for a year, and then I started working for GameStop, and I was there up until last year. I was a store manager for almost six years. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And uh-huh. then um, I, I quit to, to be a voice actor, and that's what I do now. That's my full-time job. Um, but a lot of what led up to that is I lo- I've loved video games since I was four. And my whole life growing up, you know, um, cartoons, we would watch Saturday morning cartoons, my little brother and I. Mm-hmm. Um, SpongeBob was one of our favorites. <laughs> um, and I, I remember growing up and, you know, that was something that, my dad and I would voice these characters back and forth. You know, we'd repeat the cartoons. We would do imitations back and forth to each other. We still do. And I'm, you know, almost 28 years old and I still do that with my dad. Um, yeah. So getting into actual, the career of voice acting, I got super into playing Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. Okay. Um, yeah. Excellent. It's a lot of fun. Um I've always wanted to get into it, um, especially since we did our Dungeons and Dragons episode, uh, which I mean, it was a long time ago. But up until that point, I really didn't know anything about the game. And at the end of the episode, I was like, fuck, like, I want to play now. (laughs) Let's play right now. (laughs) Right. It's just I I hear about how much of a time suck it can be. Um, So I was like, yeah, it certainly can be. Yeah, I I started we just were playing home games. You know, we went out, we all bought players guides. We got the dice. We got character sheets and we just started playing and learning the rules. And um, eventually I found a place out in Hermitage that hosted Friday night D&D. And so we started going and it was every other Friday night. So it was biweekly, um, which was really great for our schedules being, you know, with GameStop. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started was playing. It, with, was sorry, it the GameKeep? It was the GameKeep. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah. I, I used to live right around the corner um, from nice. the GameKeep. Um, yeah. I, very rarely went because at that point in time, I wasn't really into like tabletop stuff and, and you know, analog gaming. But yeah, I, w- I was just curious if it was the, the game, game key. So it is. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, no, it was Sorry. a lot of fun. And I, no, you're good. Um, yeah, Carl is fantastic. And actually, he just retired last week. So congrats to Aww. Carl. Yeah, yeah, congrats to him. Congrats to him. Um, but yeah, we started playing Adventure League there and we met a lot of really awesome people. And uh, our, our table of people was fantastic. We had a lot of really good role players, lots of really kind, welcoming people. Um, That's great. It was fantastic. And so we started doing that just before Tomb of Annihilation came out. And so right then we were players. And then when Tomb of Annihilation came out, I was offered to be a DM. And I was really excited. And so I started <laughs> DMing, um, which, by the way, Tomb of Annihilation is not a good one to introduce a DM. <laughs> it was really hard. Okay. It, it, um, it's, I mean, it sounds hard as fuck, like just hardcore. <laughs> It was very like hard. Doom of yeah. Annihilation. If it if it puts into perspective, there was a character who my my table was supposed to guide out into, you know, the forest, the swamp, wherever, and they were supposed to assassinate him. Well, mm-hmm. my my table decided they were going to befriend him instead. <laughs> and so I had to rewrite the entire plan that I had for that evening oh, because no. they befriended him and he became part of the party. And it was wild. Wow. Um, so, yeah. so I, I mean, like, this is just a little bit of a, a 
sidebar tangent thing but like <laughs> so uh, like i said i'm not super familiar with D and all the rules but like i'm assuming that since that happened it's not against the rules like for them to to make that decision to befriend this this thing this person no not at all um okay and, and that, that's the fun thing about D&D is a lot of it is it's imagination and math. That's it. <laughs> um, probably these, some improv skills. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really what kind of led into the whole voiceover thing is I I fell in love with with improv and acting and creating voices and creating characters and backstories and you know, it was something that never clicked in my mind that I could do something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having grown up with, with with imitating cartoons with my dad and, um, you know, just loving movies and characters, it it was very surreal to have found a career that I could do and love so much, um, especially after, you know, music having fallen through. Um, so I started watching um, Critical Role, which we've talked about briefly. And that right, yeah. really was um, that was really the the driving point for me was. I had posted something about it and uh, my grandmother actually had commented and was like, oh, do you listen to podcasts? I was like, well, you know, this one's really nerdy. It's about D&D. And she's like, have you ever thought about doing voiceover? And it was, no, I haven't thought about doing voiceover ever because that's, you know, to me, that was such a far off thing that didn't exist in my realm of the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. And so my grandmother actually knew my very first coach and you know gave me her phone number told me to give her a call and I did we set up our very first coaching session and you know I I had nothing I had no equipment I had my laptop and some gaming headphones and so after I sat in the floor with the laptop and the headphones and we had our very first session Um, we read through different kinds of scripts just to kind of analyze where I was at and it was just this euphoric feeling of, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is wow. the thing. This is the thing I've been looking for all these years that I want to do. And uh-huh. it's it's kind of history from there. I, I you know, <laughs> grew in my coaching and I studied and I've put in countless hundreds, probably thousands of hours of training and coaching um, and dollars <laughs> into <laughs> equipment. Um By the way, I'm like, I'm literally getting chills right now um, (laughs) because like, uh, not to make this sound about me, but like, I personally know what it feels like to, to find something where you're like, holy shit, this is what I'm, I'm supposed to be doing. And, and like, yeah, went to hear you say that, 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 uh, you know, when you came across it in that, you know, training session, um, that that's how you felt it, you know, since since chills i was like oh like, i know that feeling <laughs> yes it's you know so it's, it's, it's such a surreal feeling especially after you you know you've spent so many years like gosh what do i want to do and you've you've mm-hmm. went through you know the music thing and i had so many different things that i wanted to do with my life and you know i would try it for a week or two and then i was like no nah, this isn't it this isn't it this isn't it and so finding <sighs> voiceover and being in my first session and just every session from there on out. I mean, I never stop training. I have coaching sessions all the time. Every single one of them, I learn something new. Um, I love it. Like I, even just being in my booth here right now, it's just like, oh, I'm so thankful and so happy <laughs> to be here. Like this is what I do. Yeah, that's awesome. When you texted me last night where you were like, uh, is it okay if I like uh, have a microphone and record in my booth or, or whatever you said? I was like, 
holy shit like she's probably gonna sound better than me like like <laughs> like duh you're gonna sound better than me because you're a prof- professional voice actor but like uh like as far as the audio quality goes i was like oh man she's got stuff that i don't have <laughs> Yeah, I've got a a decent setup here. I I have not invested in the um, the all powerful whisper rooms yet. (laughs) Um, Sure, I that that is a long term goal for me for sure. Yeah, um, that's definitely something I I need to look into for my office. I mean, I I just I love having like decorations and and stuff up, like all my Star Wars posters and my nerdy stuff that that I got hanging on the walls. So yes. to like the idea of replacing it with like foam, uh, like sound uh, sound deadeners or or whatever you want to call those, you know, foam pads that you hang on the walls. Or sure, um, I, I know there's other like canvas style things that. Uh, also help block sound um yeah i'm just like oh like i don't want to ditch some of my nerdy stuff (laughs) (laughs) i just um i just reorganized my desk and my desk is in the other room um because it's Mm -hmm. huge and i'm in a like four by four box right now (laughs) okay (laughs) um, yeah i don't have any decorations in here i just have my my sound panels and you know my my laptop and a light and my equipment but on my desk i have um my Funko Pops, and I just got a really cool replica Majora's Mask for Christmas, and it's amazing. Oh, nice. I that's know, awesome. it's so cool. So that's yeah. in there. Um, I also just created, I had just enough space to put probably five Pops, um, and I've deemed it my badass women's shelf. So <laughs> I've got, right now I've got Cora, I've got Daenerys, of course, because, you know, Khaleesi is my nickname. And oh, yeah, then- your, your, uh, your Khaleesi uh, cosplay like spot on like Thank it's you. fantastic yes uh, yeah when when i saw it for the first time i was like i literally thought it was daenerys like i was like oh that's da- oh wait that's that's <laughs> it was so i haven't put it on in a little while um but oh it was so much fun i have some pretty fun stories about that that mm. i'll have to share later sure um yeah. but yeah daenerys i i i got that nickname through gamestop probably four four years ago i think now um, okay. And I, I had really long platinum blonde hair. And mm-hmm. one of my associates' names was Kaylin. So I was Kayla. She was Kaylin. And my district manager couldn't keep us, like, anytime he would call on the phone, he was like, which one am I talking to? And so he's like, you need a nickname. And so he's like, I'm going to start calling you Khaleesi. And I was like, I'm so here for that. <laughs> um, and, you know, I was really into Game of Thrones. And, you know, Daenerys was my favorite character. So it just, it kind of panned out. And um, here we are four years, four years later. And people still call me that it's on my Starbucks cup every time I get coffee. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I too would, if, if I was, um, into collecting Funko pops, I would probably have, um, a fierce wall of, of women warriors as well, <laughs> uh, because I am all about female empowerment and absolutely. Um, and, and all that good stuff. Also just, uh, Another uh, quick tangent: Is it blasphemy to take a Funko Pop out of its case? Is, oh is no, that mine okay? are out of the box. It's okay. okay. <laughs> mine, mine are out. Of, I, there are some that I keep in the box, like my Cowboy Bebop ones are staying in the box because they're special. Sure. 
Um, right. Yeah. I, I know that there's some that are like super hard to find, like, you know, limited productions or, or yes. whatever, that it totally makes sense to keep those in the box. Um, for, I, I've got a know. few, a few of my My Hero Academia ones, a few of, um, I actually have a Karama from Naruto that's valued like a lot of money. So that one's still in the box. Nice. Um, I have like the three dragons from Game of Thrones. Those are still in the box. But most of my other ones, if it's something that... I love and I know I'm never going to sell it. Like all my Sailor Moon, po- my Sailor Moon pops are out of the box. Um, okay. my, my Cora I took out of the box. Um, Daenerys is out of the box. And then I also, my, my latest collection is, uh, I just got Ahsoka from Clone Wars and she is amazing. So oh, I took nice. her out of the box too. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Ha- uh, have you gone through the trouble of making a Funko pop of yourself? I did on the website. I would love to, I actually have a blank, white DIY Funko Pop that I found at Hot Topic on clearance like three or four years ago and I've never okay. painted it. I would love to create one of myself. Oh, nice. I actually saw um I can't remember the voice actor that posted it. It's been a few months, but somebody created a Funko Pop of her in the booth with her microphone and actually created the booth for her as well. And like a oh, little nice. like yeah teeny little microphone. And I was like, man, I can't wait till I get to the point where fans make that for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's awesome. I, I made one for myself. I, it's been several years uh, now, like maybe 2017, 2018. Uh, it was, but it was definitely back when I. I still had hair. So, um, you know, I'm a big old baldy now, so I I'd have to redo it. Um, I I think all the hair just migrated down South to my face. (laughs) Glorious, majestic, like COVID beard (laughs) that I've just done nothing with. So it's just hanging out. But anyways, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry for, for that little sidebar there. No, it's Um, all good. But hey, it's it's in the it's in the theme, uh, keeping it in the theme of of nerdy stuff. So you know, absolutely. Um, okay, so you you um, you know start taking some some voice acting lessons or some vocal lessons. Um, was there was there a point where you you were like you felt like you had talents? Like you mentioned that you're like this is the place that I should be that, that I want to be or need to be like, did you also feel like you had the talent for it as well? It's hard. It's, it's hard to say. Um, I felt like I could, um, at the same time, imposter syndrome is very real. Um, even Mm -hmm. now, you know, almost four years into my career, um, it's, it's very much, um, comparison will steal your joy. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, knowing what I was up against and the, the voiceover actors that I admired and saw in cartoons, you know, I was, I was a little intimidated going into what a huge industry, but, um, right. yeah, I, I did. I, fe- and especially having the music background, I felt that having those trained ears for sound and for musicality and for intonation, I felt like it was something that I could do. Um, and music has actually been very helpful for me to hear um, different tones, different pitches. It's it's very much hand in hand. Um, oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah, even taking I, I've been taking a couple singing lessons. I took some last year. I haven't taken any. Obviously, we've, we're only a week into the new year, but sure. <laughs> um, I took a few last year and I felt like it was very helpful as far as even just breath support and how oh, to yeah. shape my mouth and how to 
air push airflow through. Um, mm-hmm. It was very helpful. So I feel like music was extremely helpful in the the voice acting as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that definitely makes sense. Uh, you know, it, especially the idea of taking taking singing lessons to to help out with your voice acting like i mean you know it, it never hurts to have like that skill in your back pocket as well um you know because you never know when you're going to get a job that uh, requires a little bit of singing along with your voice acting as well but absolutely uh, yeah you know you mentioned something about like the you know breathing techniques and how to shape your mouth like that's all stuff that i've i've actually heard just you know through the grapevine of, you know, like talking to people like I, where I work, it's, um, it, the company is called Naxos and there were a, a musical, uh, we're, we're a distributor of classical music. We're also a, a label. Um, but everyone that works there is like, obviously super into music. They, a lot of people went to MTSU and got like technical degrees or, um, in, in music production, or they majored in a specific instrument. So I, you know, I've learned a lot about, you know, how the voice works and, you know, shaping your mouth to make certain noises and, you know, warm ups and, and preparation and stuff. So, um, yeah, a lot of what you're saying, you know, makes, makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. Um, so was uh, jumping from, from this, you know, starting to take lessons and, uh, and all that, was there a, was there like a slowly easing in to like starting to get paid gigs or was it more of like an abrupt jump? How, how did that transition happen? It definitely was a slow, slow process. Um, I booked my first job almost a year after I started with my coaching. Um, So I started coaching in the fall of 2017. And I booked my first job, I think it was September or October of 2018. That sounds about right. (laughs) Okay. Um, But yeah, I actually booked my first job while I was away in Indianapolis at a GameStop conference and I had to <clears throat> sneak away from the conference to record it. <laughs> um, nice. Sorry, but sorry, my old district managers. <laughs> um, I'm sure they've forgiven you or, or will forgive you. <laughs> hey, um, it's furthering your career. Whether they, they think you're going to work at GameStop forever. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it, it is. It's, it started me for, um, for a better career. <laughs> um, yeah, right. But yeah, I, I did my, my coaching and I had many, many hours of coaching um, in actual mic technique and script reading um, along with the industry and, you know, fair rates and how the industry works and how to get auditions and how to market yourself. Um, so I, I spent a year doing my coaching and then I booked a job and then I recorded my first demo, um, which is on my website. Um, that's my commercial demo. So that's was recorded two years ago now, which is crazy to think. <laughs> um, right. And then I, you know, I, I went to work with other coaches. I've been to several workshops. I've been to several online webinars, um, lots of conferences. So I, I feel like I have probably put in, 
I, I don't know. I couldn't even spitball a number at you for hours of coaching that I've spent. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot, right? <laughs> a lot. And I, I think that's probably the biggest influence in a voice acting career. A lot of people jump in and they're like, all right, I'm going to go buy a microphone. I'm going to go buy all the mm -hmm. equipment and then I'm going to start coaching. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a career. It's an investment. It's something that you have to know a, that you want to do B mm -hmm. that you're good enough to do um, before you invest, you know, thousands of dollars in equipment. Um, and I think that's the biggest misconception about becoming a voice actor is that you have to have equipment and a studio right off the bat. And you don't, um, you need, you need to coach, you need to find somebody who can evaluate your talent, can evaluate where you stand. Um, you know, whether it be reading scripts, whether it be how your voice sounds, um, if you have the ability, um, to, to learn and be coachable, um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm getting a little bit off tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's that totally fine. I mean, like you're actually um, right on par, more or less, like you actually started answering questions that we had we had down to, you know, cross over here very shortly. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, some misconceptions about um, some voice acting. Um, and that's actually one that I had on our list, um, for, for just general Q and a questions. Um, you know, you, you mentioned that, you know, uh, what was it that, that you need to go out and buy like all this expensive, fancy equipment first, um, when really you just need to like figure out if, if this is what you really want to do and you want to dedicate the, the, your time and energy to it, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, a, and a lot of people, you know, think they want to do it. They're like, oh, I want to be a voice actor. I want to voice a cartoon character. I want to voice a video game character, um, which is great. And I am so excited for anybody that tells me they want to do that, you know, because everybody starts somewhere. I had to start mm -hmm. somewhere. Everybody has started somewhere. I mean, the most famous voice actors in the world had to start somewhere. Um, I just think a lot of people jump into it and think that it's, it's easy work. It's easy money. It's going to bring them fame. It's going to bring them fortune. And it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, video games and animation and the character work are the lowest paying jobs in voice acting. Um, really? Which, yeah, absolutely. Um, all the, the English dubs for anime, those pay very, very little. It's not a lot of money. Um, granted, there are tons and tons of fun to do. Sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of the the animation stuff, unless you're doing things for like Disney or Cartoon Network, sure. um, it's not a big part of voiceover. And a lot of people that do the dubbing, the animation, the, the video games, they do other things too. They do commercials, they do e-learning, they do medical narration. There's so many different genres of voiceover that it's it's about finding your niche. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of the point that I'm at right now is I love, 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 love video games. And that's one of my short-term goals for this year is I want to get my character demo recorded so that I can start booking more video game work. Um, so right now I do a lot of commercials. I do a lot of narration. I do e-learning. I do um, just more of like the, the not public stuff. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. Um, but I would love to start getting more into the character stuff. And most of my year last year I spent dedicating 
to coaching with, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Walking Dead Telltale Games. Um, uh, I, I actually, I, I think I am. Like, they're not really like action based. It's more like yeah, a more like the more like a graphic like novel. A, right. It, it felt kind of like a choose your own adventure kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, my my coach Dave Fenoy, um, he is the main character Lee Everett in the Walking Dead games, and that's probably the oh, one wow. that most people know him from. Okay. Um, I mean, he's done tons and tons of video game stuff and uh, some animation. I actually, when I was watching Clone Wars a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there and somebody, uh, one of the characters, I won't say anything about it because I don't, I don't know if you've seen, it, I don't want to spoil it, but one of the sure. characters that came on screen, I started listening and I was like, "That's Dave." It's so Dave. I know him. Like I worked with him, you know, several weeks out of the year last year. And I looked it up on IMBD and absolutely it was Dave. And I was like, I, I texted him or I, I uh, posted on Facebook. I was like, Dave, I just heard you on Clone Wars. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, it is. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I, I feel like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, why didn't you tell me? You were <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, he was such a wonderful coach to work with and really put into sh- to perspective what character work is all about. And, and, you know, with, with commercial, with narration, all the other ones that I mentioned, a lot of it is about clarity in your voice. They want that clean, crisp read on the script. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas with animation, with characters, with video games, it's it's more real, especially with video games nowadays being like you're in the game. It's like they want you to think that you're in the game. Everything is so much more realistic. And so they want those those pauses, those stutters, those just intonation differences in the attitude, the emotion. And so it's such a different way of thinking because you have to know how to act like yeah you might have really cool voices you might be able to do this really awesome you know mark hamill impression Mm -hmm. um and it's amazing but can you act is the question um and i think a lot of people overlook that um but yeah it's 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 a really fun genre to be a part of and that's something that i want to dive further into this year and so my my two goals this year are to get my character demo or sorry, my video game demo. I'm going to start with video games <laughs> and then okay. um, book a role in a video game. So that's my goals. That yeah, that that would be awesome. Um, and I mean, I I don't even have doubts that you'd be able to that you would be able to do that. I you have you have my full uh, I don't know how you say it, support and um, um, faith that. <laughs> You're going to get it done. Um, I it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so we, we had a small section in our notes about inspirations. Now, you, you talked about when you were a little younger, how you and your dad would act out some of the characters that you'd watch cartoons um, with. And so it seems like maybe your dad, either, you know, secondhand or thirdhand, had some sort of inspiration in you coming to this realization one day that you wanted to do voice acting uh were there any like characters from from movies and tv um and any specific voice actors um behind those voices that uh, played any any role in that inspiration would you say there's definitely a lot (laughs) (laughs) um i i would definitely say that 
my dad inspired the play aspect. So it's it's one of those things as an actor, you have to know how to play. You know, have to know how to have fun. Um, Absolutely. You have to know how to let allow yourself to go back to that point of what it felt like to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 what a lot of voice acting is about is is playing. I mean, I sometimes I'll audition here in my booth, and I'll be like arms flailing, going all kinds of places. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and and that's the that's the joy of character acting. Um. But even in in commercial or narration, it's kind of the same thing. You know, everything is a character. You might be reading a commercial for, uh, I don't know, diapers and you're you're a mom and that's a character. And like you find a character within that. Um, so I would say my, my dad definitely inspired me to to keep that play and keep that joy and, you know, never take things too seriously. Sure. Um, as far as other voice actors, I could name names all day long <laughs> yeah, um, sure yeah go ahead and rattle off some i, yeah. I mean yeah i would uh, say probably as, the, as you want <laughs> the, the two that immediately come to mind um steve bloom of course and um gray griffin um and okay. the biggest reasons would be because i grew up with their cartoons <laughs> um avatar the last airbender i mean gray plays azula that's probably one of the most famous roles that she's played um okay. Steve Bloom plays Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Um, but outside of those roles, they have played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different things in my favorite shows, my favorite cartoons. Um, and there's such a versatility to them that's wild. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's something that inspires me and that I want to be able to do, whether it be to play this big evil villain character or play this quiet, shy character and just... The ability to to shift, it's it's shape shifting into these different characters. Sure, right. It's, it's incredible. It really is. Um, so th- those two immediately come to mind, and then um, you know, of course, my my coaches all inspire me every single day because <laughs> um, they're incredible. Um, all of the all of the characters are all the voice actors that uh, play characters in Critical Role. Um, Matt Mercer. <laughs> Give me one second. I'm sorry. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I'm going to spam risk call. <laughs> I'm half oh, tempted to uh, answer it and put on my character voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm familiar with those calls. I get them a thousand <laughs> times a day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they probably just want my money, but you know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're all familiar with those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but yeah, I would I mean there like I said, there's a list I could go on and on. Um the cast of Critical Role, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, Sam Regal, um, they're all phenomenal. Um, those are my top inspirations for sure. Um, but I, f- I find new people every day that inspire me that I'm like, oh, I love that voice that they played in this new show I just watched. And then I, I've gotten to a point where anything and everything that I watch, I analyze the voices. I listen to how they say their lines, how they act as far as alongside the character movement, um, the emotions that they portray, everything I analyze, even commercials, I do the same thing. I I, I listen to all the commercials. I don't skip them on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listen to all of them because it's so interesting to hear different takes. And even if I hear one and I'm like, oh, I would have never thought to say it that way. I would have done it this way. Um and you know, obviously, I, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying, like, oh, that's such a an interesting outlook on how to read that script. Sure. Um, 
it's really cool. So I, I find inspirations in everything. Um, and even, even just my peers that work alongside me, my, my team, um, I work for, um, a team called JMC Demos. They're one of the biggest demo production companies in the industry. And so I have a, a, we're a small team. Um, there's probably six or seven of us. Um, and they inspire me every day. Just the amount of dedication, the amount of hard work, the amount of, uh, just goodness that they put out into the industry. Um, the voice acting community is so wonderful and so supportive. Um, and it just, in- awesome. yeah, it inspires me not only to, to be good at what I do, but to be a good person. And it's, it's great. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, it's always nice to like, you know, dive into, dive headfirst into something that you've, you found as either a, you know, a, a crazy hobby um, that you'd like to make into a career one day or just a, a career. Um, and it's, it, it, it's always great when you fa- find that the, um, the, the backbone of that, you know, quote unquote society or whatever that the people that you converse with on a regular basis are actually nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I found that the podcasting community, especially like the more indie podcasters, are uh, are a lot like that. Like a lot of people were asking me like why I ventured into subreddit. They're like, subreddit is like the largest dumpster fire on the interwebs. <laughs> like, why would you do that? And I'm like, uh, because of the podcasters subreddit. <laughs> like, right. it's just this, um, I mean, it's really the only quote unquote community of podcasters that I communicate with or, or you know converse with but like it, it's just a good place to go to like ask questions because pretty much everyone there is in the exact same boat no one's making boatloads of money off of their podcast if they're making any money at all it's more than likely from like their patreon or something um and, and so it, it's just a good place to go to like you know if you have an idea for something you want to do with your podcast or if you're looking to get started into podcasting um it's uh, so yeah I, I found that too with podcasting i'm not saying that podcasting is a career um next to what you're doing which is obviously what you do for money <laughs> uh, but it is you know a hope one day that the the podcast will make me uh, oodles and boodles of cash um <laughs> It's yeah, so a dream. I, you you find what you love and hope that it you know carries you through life. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you, you were saying a few minutes ago about like these voice actors that um have this incredible range where they can do you know hundreds and hundreds of different voices and uh, on on all these different shows. Um, on the I guess the opposite or flip side of that, how do you feel about these um these actors? that basically just have to use their voice and it's the most recognizable voice of all time. Um, you can pick it out out of a thousand voices, no problem. And they basically don't even really need to do anything to their voice to, to sound like, you know, a a different character like, um, H John Benjamin, who, you know, he plays Archer and Archer. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Um, you know, there's, uh, Will, uh, is it will not will arnett uh will or no it is will arnett that that plays bojack horseman um yeah he 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 plays um uh i think he plays lego batman in the lego movie as well yeah he's great and he's he's been in a few things Uh, i think i just watched a studio ghibli movie the other day that he was in that was fantastic 
Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I just wanted to get your opinion on those, uh, those actors that don't, it, it seems like for the most part, you know, maybe a little bit of fluctuation in intonation and, and whatnot. I, I don't know all the, the specialized vernacular, but it, it seems like for the most part, they're just using their regular voice. Um, and I was curious to see how you felt about that. Yeah, I think there are people who have such unique voices that it works for them. You know, they don't they don't have to change anything. They just they just get, get the character and they act. And um, sometimes that's all it takes. Um, right. You know, they, they may not have to to raise their voice or lower their voice or, you know, put on like some weird sound effects. Um, sometimes that's all it takes is just acting a little bit differently. So like for um for Archer versus Bob's Burgers, same voice, but a little bit different in terms of the way that right. they act that out, you know, um, and it, it works. It really does. Um, I, I do not have the luxury of having that distinct voice, <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. but no, I, I think it's great. Um, yeah, I figured those kinds of voices like them and, and like James Earl Jones, like they're, yeah. they're like one in a million, like, you know, it's, it, great if if you have that voice but know that y- you probably don't have it which <laughs> is fine sure yeah um how about uh some of the things that you you love most about voice acting um you know for the several years you've been doing it thus far what what have you come to find that you love most about it um it's tough because I love everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. I mean. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot that I could say that I don't necessarily like about it. Um, a lot of it, you know, any anytime that I get a script, anytime that I get an audition, um, you know, I might look at it for a few minutes and think of a few different ways that I could bring the script to life. But I think my favorite thing is is getting to put my own personality into the world um and and be a voice for for stories for characters for um for brands mm-hmm. and um so anytime that I step in here and I press record it's like like I said it's that euphoric feeling <laughs> um but also there's just so much camaraderie and networking amongst voice actors and so it's I, I've made some lifelong friends through it um it's a lot of fun and and you never ever stop learning um, right. like I, said, I am constantly either coaching or I'm listening to a webinar or I'm, you know, obviously not last year, but I'm going to conferences. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's something that you can continuously grow in and there is no plateau unless you choose for there to be. Right. Are you, are you a Ravenclaw by chance? I'm a Slytherin actually. Really? Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. And those people don't believe that, but I am. I've taken that's, the test like 40 times. <laughs> that that's interesting. Um I I, I mean I, I wouldn't have necessarily like hardcore pegged you for a Slytherin, but um I mean I I feel like Ravenclaws and Slytherins like kind of go hand in hands. Like sure. um I know we're not necessarily talking about Harry Potter right now, but like, no, I love Harry Potter. It's great. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, cause duh, but like, uh, you kept on mentioning, uh, things like, uh, it being a lifelong learning process and you know, you're, you're never plateauing. You're just always like, it evolves just like so many other, um, you know, entertainment, uh, sub communities, 
Um, so there's always new things to learn and keep up with. Um, and you seemed very enthusiastic about that. And I'm always wanting to learn new things, um, especially combined with like my ADHD brain is just like, Ooh, let's do that. Ooh, that, ooh, that, which is why <laughs> I ended up spending like $50,000 in student loans because I could not figure out what you I wanted say, to yeah. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, and, and again, you mentioned that the, um, the voiceover, uh, voice acting community being so supportive, uh, of one another, like I, I probably wouldn't have guessed that because, you know, you, I feel like you hear a lot of stories granted it's, it's through like TV and movies. Um, but you hear about, uh, you know, regular, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it in person acting, not voice acting, you know, just being in movies and TV. Like it's basically a zero sum game. Like you can be supportive of one, one another, but like, if you get that role, like your friends that may be auditioning for that role as well, doesn't get that role. So like at the end of the day, you prevented someone from getting a job. Um, so like, it's, it's cool to hear that. Like this is, it's still an acting community, but everyone is like, very supportive of one another. It's it's very cool to hear. It's it's really great. Um, you know, I I see people all the time. They're like, oh, I auditioned for that. I didn't book it, but I am so glad you did. And they are genuinely so happy about it. It's not like they're wow. just saying that. Like, oh, I wish I would have booked that. Um, <laughs> sure. you know, and, and there is. I mean, we're all human. There is some, sometimes there's some letdown, you know, oh man, I really wish I would have booked that, but I'm so glad, you know, my friend did. Um, and the cool thing about voice acting too, is we don't have to worry about what we look like. Um, you know, we're all in our booths. Um, we're not being judged by people who are watching us on screen because nobody ever sees us. And that's kind of the joy of being a voice actor is <laughs> sure. we're not judged on our appearance. We're judged on purely our ability to act and being the right voice for the project. And that's another thing too, is I might audition alongside a friend of mine and we both had amazing auditions, but one of us books it because they just liked that voice better. And it might not have been because the other person had a bad audition. It mm. might just be that my voice fit or their voice fit better within the realm of what those casting directors were looking for. So sure. it's not always, you know, oh, you're a really bad voice actor. It's, we just think this works better for our brand or for our character. Or this is what I imagined before, you know, it's it's the little things. It's not always, you right. know, a bad audition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like going back to that old, like, you know, it's it's only business or it's, it's just business. You know, when you, know, I, you usually hear that brought up in like really crappy situations. So like when someone gets let go from a job, be like, you know, don't take it personally. It's just business. But like it, it sounds like that's kind of the case as well uh, for, for those situations where, you know, it, it's it's kind of like this mutual respect where. You know, if you don't get a job uh, because they they pass you over for, you know, maybe a, a friend or a colleague of yours, um, that's, you know, it's not a knock on you necessarily. It's just that their voice fit better for the character that they're casting for. So exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we mentioned a lot of things that you uh, really enjoy uh, about voice acting, which, like as you said, is pretty much everything. Um, it seemed like you don't really have too many or any dislikes or, or feel like there's any downsides to voice acting 
Um, is that the case? Is there like any little things that you're like, oh, I wish I could change this or this kind of a pain in the ass anything <laughs> like that? Um, I wouldn't say so much there are things that I dislike. Um, I would say sometimes there are things that are inconvenient. <laughs> um, like when you get an sure. audition and it's due in an hour and you're doing something else. Um, that's sometimes oh. a challenge. <laughs> it's like, hey, rush audition. It's due in an hour and I'm in the middle of a session. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to audition for that one. But I really want to. Um, I would say wow. that probably one of the most challenging things. Um, and really just staying on task. I mean, voiceover is such a demanding career. Mm -hmm. 80% of it is auditioning and marketing and the other 20% is actually doing work. So I, I mm -hmm. think you know, when, when people are ask me, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a voice actor. They think I stand here all day and I record work and I send it out. Not the case. Most of my job is standing here recording auditions and sending them to my agent <laughs> um, right. or, or, I, or I'm doing my own marketing. I'm sending out emails. I'm, you know, researching new people to, to reach out to. Um, so I, I would say it's not something I necessarily dislike, but it's something I need to be better at is just making a schedule to set aside time for A, for myself, because I, I never take a break, um, yep. but, but B, just to, to make sure that I am not being scatterbrained and I get the most productivity that I can from myself. Um, right. So yeah, other than that, I mean, a lot of it is just you know, you never know when a really big audition is going to come through that you may or may not have time to get in because you're doing other things. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there's a lot of improv that happens. Sure. <laughs> you might, you know, get an audition that you're like, oh, I don't really know if this is me. And you have to come up with something on the spot. Or you might get into a session and your casting director um, is like, hey, we want something totally different and you have to come up with a different character other than what you auditioned with. Cause maybe they, they just want to see what you can do. So I, I think that's not something I just like, it's just the most challenging thing that I would say. Um, and then just, you know, having some type of knowledge of audio processing and editing and, um, you know, audio work workspaces and, uh, soundproofing <laughs> it's, sure. it's a lot of stuff that like I said you're constantly learning and that's definitely not a downside but it's something that you you have to keep up with the trends and the times and um it's something that's ever evolving right yeah I, so I've heard one of your favorite questions to answer is what's the best microphone to get <laughs> it's my favorite question <laughs> said no one ever Right. <laughs> it's actually one of the most I, I every every day that I log into Facebook, somebody is asking, not me personally, but, you know, posting like, what microphone should I get? And the answer is whichever one works for you. Right. Um, I will say that don't buy a USB microphone. Don't, just don't do it. <laughs> um, wow. unless, okay. unless you are doing, you know, like for podcasting or something, it's fine. If you're doing if you're just starting and you're, you know, you haven't booked any work yet and it's you know, what you can afford at the time. Okay. But for professional voice acting, the XLR cable, mm -hmm. the, the, those microphones are what's going to, to be the best for you. Yeah. Um, but every, every microphone sounds different for every voice. Like you might get a microphone that sounds like a million bucks on one voice. And then it sounds like you shout it into a 10 trash can for another voice. <laughs> it, it really just depends. It really does. Um, yeah. I've, I've always used like, since the uh, the beginning of the podcast, I've always used XLR mics. Like I, I think I've talked about this a couple times on the show, but 
um, when I was getting ready to start podcasting, like it was still kind of like, I think I want to do it, but like there, you know, at the time podcasting was still like a little bit of an investment, uh, you know, where like right now, really you could just record off of your laptop, Mike, if you want to, um, right. like I wanted to go in relatively strong and Christmas was coming up. So I just asked like, Hey, everyone, if you're planning on getting me gifts, like either money or like recording equipment, please. And thank you. And so <laughs> I was lucky enough to start off, you know, pretty strong as far as hardware goes. And, uh, so I started out with like all XLR mics and, you know, I, I have a you know, cool Yamaha, um, sound mixer and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely second votes, um, XLR mics, like like you said, USB, that's great if you're, you know, starting out. You can get some really great cheap USB microphones, um, but you can also get some great XLR uh, microphones that are pretty cheap. Like my Audio-Technica was, I think, about 100 bucks or so. Sure. Um, which, you know, is a great price um, for, for, you know run-of-the-mill microphone that does a decent job. Um, yeah. And I mean, the, the biggest downfall with using USB microphones is they are solely powered through whatever you plug it into. So if you're plugging mm -hmm. it directly into a laptop or computer, you're going to get some kind of feedback in there. Even if you may not notice it right away, there is some kind of feedback, but also the, the power source is being powered through your computer. Um, right. So it's, it's much better quality to use the XLR um, through an interface. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my co-host Ted, which, uh, you know, everyone's familiar with, you're familiar with, uh, recently his blue Yeti USB microphone crapped out. And of course he was just going straight into his computer, like you just mentioned. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, it crapped out. And so, but I had lucky enough, I had three extras. So I gave him one of my XLR mics and I gave him like the, this, um, M audio fast track, like, little mini interface that is of course usb goes into the computer but um you know it's also phantom powered and has the xlr port and we notice a significant change in his vocals um and, and the sound of his vocals i mean he sounds great by default like he has this yeah it's just very sultry like like ted i i i'd love to have your voice instead of being up here like elmo um <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of funny that you mentioned that because when you know I, I lent him my microphone, we noticed this you know significant change in his audio quality on his end. So yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so uh, is a uh, we we were kind of talking a little bit about this before we hit record. Um, are there any exercises that you do either on a regular basis? Um. And or like right before you, you know, start a either a, a session for an actual job or if you're going to be practicing or or what have you. Is there anything you do on a fairly regular basis to kind of keep your instruments in check, if you will? Um, I'm, my biggest thing is just staying hydrated. That's the biggest thing. Um, okay. If I if I'm feeling even a little bit dehydrated, I will get I'll get a sticky mouth. I'll get a lot of mouth noise come through in my auditions, and those are really hard to edit out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. If there's a lot of them, um, staying yeah. hydrated is just great life advice, anyways. It really is. It makes you feel better. It really does. I feel like it keeps me fueled throughout the day. If I'm hydrated, I feel better. Um, 
But yeah, I, I do avoid dairy. Dairy is one thing that it creates a lot of phlegm in the back of the throat. So mm-hmm. um, I don't drink any kind of milk other than like almond or coconut. Um, I do like cheese. Um, that's a really hard thing for me. <laughs> um, but if I know I'm about to record, I don't eat anything that's going to have dairy in it because it does create that flimminess back there. And so I'll be clearing my throat my entire session. Sure. Um, so as far as like health stuff, I would say that's the best thing. As far as warm ups, I just make sure that I get my mouth really just relaxed. Um, there's a couple of really cool exercises. I mean, you can Google them, YouTube them. Um, if you just search uh, like singing warm-ups. Those are some of the best ones. I just make sure that I really stretch out all those mouth muscles. Um, I'll do like lip trills, like, mm-hmm. um, and that just kind of helps to loosen everything up, not only in my mouth, but my jaw and my throat. Um, and then I just kind of like shake out my whole body. Like if, if I'm tense, then my voice sounds tense. So if I, especially sure. if I'm going to record a character, I'll do jumping jacks or I'll like wiggle around like one of those, um, you know, the, the, the noodles that are in front of like car d- dealerships. Yeah. So I just kind of like wiggle everything out um, when I'm getting ready to go record a session because it helps me kind of get into the mode. Um, I also like to put on like some kind of cool, um, like song or music or something that just kind of gets me hyped up if I'm going in for something that's high energy. Now, if I'm going in for something that's like really sad or depressing, then I just think about really sad things. (laughs) Right. Um, Just, just all the emo music from like the early 2000s. It's it's, it's the best. I miss those days. (laughs) Yeah. Just taking back Sunday and my chemical romance and fallout boy, just all kinds of people getting their heart broken, you know, 24 seven, you know, Exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, no, as as far as like staying hydrated, um, I do drink tea, um, avoid dairy, and then just getting your mind and your body in the right place. Like a lot of voice acting, you know, if, if you're healthy and you are, it, it's kind of like sports, you know, like athletes train and work out. If you, if you are healthy, you know, in your mind and in your body, it, it helps. Like, I know that sounds silly because all we're doing is, you know, talking and acting, but it helps. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all connected. It's not like your, your brain is away from uh, you know, the rest of your, your body, like it's not detached, like it's all interconnected. It all works together. Like, you know, like you said, people, uh, can sometimes tend to separate things and be like, well, why would my mental health dictate like how flimsy or not flimsy my, my arms are feeling right now? Well, but sure. like, it really is all interconnected. Um, and so taking care of your mental health, will take care of your physical health, will take care of your mental health. It's, you know, this. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a circle. It really yes, is. It's this, the circle, circle of life. <laughs> yes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, uh, if, if I could do that at least once a podcast, uh, I would be a happy man. But this I is think probably- a, you should open with that. Yeah, um, Ted would not have that nonsense at all, <laughs> which is why I'm glad I get to do these uh, these episodes occasionally where I get to be um, a little bit more ser- silly than usual, um, you know, but anyways, um, <clears throat> so let's see, 
We mentioned, I think, one or two misconceptions a little earlier um, in the recording. Were there any other misconceptions that you can think of, like from the, I guess, quote unquote, general public, people that are either looking to get into voice acting or just kind of looking at look at voice acting as an outsider that you, you found people think this way and it's really this way? I think the biggest thing that I see um, when people come to me specifically and they're like, hey, how did you start this? I want to do it too. Um, Mm -hmm. And I am all about supporting people in their dreams. Um, But uh, there's also, you know, there's not a right or wrong way necessarily for everyone to go about it. But there is certainly some not so highly looked upon ways. (laughs) Um, So the first place, like if you are thinking about being a voice actor, the first thing I think you should do is to meet with a coach and find out if you're, you know, you can, can do, you do it. Yeah. yeah. Get a consultation, get an evaluation. Um, a good coach will walk you through a variety of different scripts, um, different, different sounds, different intonations, different attitudes. And that will kind of help determine where you are. And A, if you, you know, you're great already and we should get you into some coaching so you can start auditioning. B, mm-hmm. if, if you have the potential, we just, we really need to work on it or C, you know, Maybe you should find a different choice because <laughs> um, because it happens. Um, but a lot of people, again, think that they need to go out and they need to buy all this equipment and then they need to start coaching or not coach at all. And that is the biggest mistake you can make in voice acting is not getting a coach. Um, I, I've right. had a lot of people that have come to me and they're like, hey, I want to be a voice actor. What should I do? And I'm like, well, hey, I would love to help you. Here's a list of really good coaches that I can refer you to. Um, this is what I did to get started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them come back to me like, oh, I don't want to start coaching. I just want to start auditioning. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Right. Um, Because the reality of it is becoming a voice actor, doing voiceover, it's an investment. It's a career investment. It's a Mm life-term investment. Um, And it's not something that you can go cheap on. It's not something that you can, you know, just skimp on and say, hey, I'm not going to get a coach. I'm just going to start doing it. Um, Right. Because you, you got to think you, you're going to pay, you know, most coaching ranges anywhere from $150 to $300 an hour for the the top range ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to need quite a few hours of coaching. Um, and then, you know, that's not even talking about equipment. I mean, equipment we could talk about all day long. <laughs> right. Um, but then, you know, conferences, um, you know, your doll, like I use Logic Pro, that's $200 right off the bat. Uh-huh. Um, your, your laptop, your... Um, you know, some people use casting sites. Um, you know, you pay subscriptions for that. You're going to need a website. You're going to have to pay a web designer. You're going to have to pay, you know, the for the the services of the website. Um, there's so many things that go financially into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also hours and hours of training and practicing, and it's it's really a dedicated thing. And I think a lot of people you know, say, oh, voice acting, that sounds like fun. I want to do it. I'm like, great. Here's all the things that you're going to, you know, have to look forward to. And they're like, oh, yeah, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I run into that a lot. And like I said, I am here to support anyone in their dream. But I I do come with a disclaimer that it is a highly, it's it's an investment, like right Right. off the bat, it is. It's it's a career. Yeah, you're going to have to go hard in the paint. If if you wanna you wanna make it in the industry because um, it requires your full dedication. Sure, and and you know it, it's a lot of people think that they can go cheap. They're like, I'm gonna make my own website, make my own demos, you know, do everything myself so that it's mm-hmm. it's not costing me 
two to three thousand dollars for one demo, um, which I could go on a whole tangent about that too. <laughs> um, don't make your own demos, please. <laughs> um, a, a lot of you know what you're paying for is experience. Um, you know, whether it be having a demo produced, having a website created, a lot of it is people who have already worked in the industry, know what they're doing, know what they're listening for, know what you sound like and how to, you know, copyright script for you um, or how to brand you on your website, how to write SEO. There's so much that goes into it that a lot of people don't see. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I'll just do it myself, um, which, you know, again, it's wishy-washy. <laughs> I, I wouldn't suggest it if you want to be taken seriously as a professional. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I've actually uh, tossed around the idea. This is something I really want to do for the podcast, but have like a, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. Uh, the working title is like a um, an artist appreciation month uh, because, you know, I, I've been on both the, the artist end where I make stuff. I, I'm, you know, a creator, uh, but I've, I'm also on the, the consumer side where I like buying other people's work. Um, and all too often I see instances of like people, uh, you know, they're like, Hey, can I get a, a price quote for this or whatever? You know, they want a, a homemade, um, handmade notebook made or you know they they want a you know a 30 second voiceover clip uh and and they that person comes back with a price quote and they're like holy shit like i didn't realize it was going to be five thousand dollars um right and so my idea was to have like a, a month of episodes where I get together with these different artists uh, to give them a platform to talk about their process and what they do and why their services cost these many dollars. <laughs> because yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that. Um, you're right. Um, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but <laughs> no, no, you're I, I'm very passionate about this. Um, mm-hmm. That's just- great. Being a voice actor has made me appreciate, you know, artists, um, freelancers so much more because I know what it's like to, you know, I, I've bought all my equipment. I've put all my hours into coaching. And like you said, a notebook. How long did it take you to learn how to create that notebook? How, mm-hmm. you know, what did the materials cost you? How much time did it take you? Yep. So they yep. just look at it and they're like, oh, I can buy that from Walmart for $12. Right. Well, you know, that then was go, made. On the- go to Walmart then. <laughs> right. Absolutely. I, I bought a lot of um, like stickers and pieces of art off of Etsy for Christmas gifts this year. And a lot of it, you know, That's I looked great. at That's great. Thank you for yeah. doing that, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you should send me your shop link. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That, I mean, I, I was saying that for those people that that you purchase from, because I'm sure they appreciate uh, you shopping from them uh, rather than you know Amazon or Walmart or whatever. So sure, yeah, and, and a lot of it, you know, it, it makes you reflect more on what those are, you know, how much time they spend on that, what materials they, they used. Um, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's as a digital artist, how much did their iPad cost them? How much did Procreate cost them? How much did that Apple pencil cost them? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of things that people don't see, even, you know, with voice acting, you know, people might ask for a quote on a voiceover and I'll be like, well, Hey, this is going to cost you, you know, $2,000. You are like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, what you don't understand is a, my microphone alone cost a thousand dollars. Um, mm-hmm. so not only that, I, you know, 
you have to pay for my internet. You have to pay for like, I, I have to eat. Um, right. I have to pay rent. Um, you know, there, there's things that people don't understand that they're paying for. They just think, you know, oh, this is only, you know, X amount of words. Why am I paying this dollar amount for it? When right. the, the reality is they're paying for A, your experience, B, your equipment. Um, but also, you know, I mean, they could go to one of the he who shall not be named websites and pay $5 for a voiceover. But is it going to be professional? Probably sure. not. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's for five dollars then probably you yeah. are right probably not <laughs> right yeah. um but too with voiceover you know you pay for usage so if i get a commercial and it is a tv spot that is airing only in the the city of nashville but then i get a commercial that is you know this maybe it's only, maybe they're both 30 second commercials so they're very short it's not going to take me long to record but this other commercial is recording nationally to everyone across the united states mm-hmm. that commercial is going to pay n- triple if not way more than the one that's only airing in one city um so a lot of it comes down to usage along with the the session fee so you know if if they want to direct you in the session if you know, it also depends on the genre. So if you're doing commercials, if you're doing e-learning, if you're doing medical narration, medical narration is sometimes very technical to read. So they're mm-hmm. going to, you know, charge more for that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it it's it's something that a lot of people don't understand. And so being a voice actor has created a lot, a lot. Not that I didn't respect them before, but a lot of respect for freelancers, for independent artists, for musicians, for for all of those those art forms. Right. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, uh, uh, just a second ago and a while back, you were talking about, you know, some of the the things with voice acting that's like the tip of the iceberg versus everything else that goes on and how that's another mi- kind of misconception between people uh, that, that are, aren't really in the biz, uh, you know, is that your time in front of the microphone is that proverbial tip of the iceberg. And it's basically the same with podcasting. Like, you know, uh, people want to get into podcasting and, you know, a couple people have come to me and be like, Hey, you've been doing it for several years now. Like, what am I getting, getting myself into if I want to do this? And I'm like, well, first of all, you got to know that your time in front of the microphone is the tip of the iceberg, like that proverbial tip. Um, because you know, there's, like you mentioned, there's, you know, there's networking. I mean, the networking side of um, <clears throat> podcasting is like so incredibly different than what anyone would possibly think. Like social media is basically the last place <laughs> that you should be sitting <laughs> in um, if you're looking to get your your podcast heard um, by talking to people on the internet. But like, you know, just like you said, there's so many other things that goes into the process that's not sitting in front of the microphone and talking into it and recording. Um, and yeah, I, it's, it's definitely a, a plan of mine to do that series of episodes. And um, if possible, I'd, I'd love to have you back for, you know, to go a little bit more in depth into those talking points. Cause I really think that we could do some good there and yeah. maybe try and market those episodes to those people that um, would like to learn a little bit more about what goes into that, you know, the, the creative process behind 
you know, making your, your epoxy tumblers that you buy on Etsy or, you know, the, the temporary tattoos or stickers or, or what have you that are made by independent artists. So yeah, I, absolutely. I think that, yeah. Um, but anyways, pushing forward off of our soapboxes, at least for a minute, <laughs> at least for a minute. Um, so we, we did get a, uh, or actually, um, before, um, we dive into some career advice and we did get some fan questions on Facebook in our Facebook group. Um, but were there any lessons that you learned the hard way or, uh, or just lessons in general? Um, ones that maybe you, you haven't spoken about up until this point, uh, when, when you dove into the voice acting realm? I think the biggest learning curve is how to negotiate. Um, so, you know, you might, you might get a, a job that comes through, um, you know, from a client, direct, direct contact. This, this doesn't typically happen through agents or, um, you know, managers, whoever, if you, if you have an agent or a manager. Um, but if you have a direct client that comes to you with a job, you have to know how to negotiate a fair rate for yourself. Sure. And sometimes that's really hard because they might come to you and they might offer you, you know, $200 for a $2,000 job. And, you know, it's, it's something that you have to learn how to say no. And I think that's been the hardest thing for me is because oh, I'm man. definitely a yes person. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, and yes. I'm really bad about it, but I, you know, I don't accept things that are so far below what we consider fair rates in our industry because A, it's not doing myself any favors. B, if that client comes back, you know, with 10 more jobs at this low, low rate, I could mm -hmm. be doing other auditions making, you know, way more money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, at the end of the day, I have to look at it and see how much time is this taking doing this low budget job that I could be spending that time doing other auditions to make, to make jobs that are, are fair rates for me. Um, so I, th I think a lot of it is how you spend your time, um, but also negotiating, learning how to say, Hey, this is what I charge. This is, you know, this is what's fair. Um, this is how many words you have. This is how you're spending your usage and being okay with losing that job if it's not if they're not going to budge mm -hmm. if they if they come out of the gates you know two hundred dollars or nothing and you know that job is worth at least two thousand if not more mm -hmm. it, it's okay to say no um it's it's okay to you know obviously you don't want to be nasty to them you don't want to be ugly to them but it, it's okay to explain to them why you can't do this job or you know what your standards are what your fair rates are um, and I think that's been a hard thing for me. Um, I, I'm much better about it now, but my first two years, I didn't want to say no to a lot of things because I was like, this is work. This is, you know, it, it's going to pay my bills. Um, but right. I'm not doing myself any favors by accepting those. And I'm not doing the industry any favors by accepting those because then that client might go to another talent and, you know, same thing is going to happen. Um, so it, it is okay to kindly <laughs> educate people about what we do like like we're talking now you know talking about um you know what goes into voice acting um mm -hmm. so there there have been several instances over the past year where i i've turned down jobs because they you know they just didn't there was no negotiation like i i tried to negotiate and it it just wasn't something it wasn't in the cards and that was sure. okay 
But then later, that same client would come back to me maybe a few months later, even a year later, and they would have a job for me that's fair rate because of how how polite I was to them, how kind I was to them. Um, it is okay to say no. And I, I think that is the hardest thing I've had to learn. Yeah. No, I, I 100% get that because very uh, similar things, obviously not with voice acting because not that's not the, the gig that I'm in, but... Um, I'm very much a yes person too. So my knee jerk reaction always is yes. Like I will do that for you. And then you give me like five minutes and I'm like, fuck, like I should not have agreed to that. (laughs) Um, But but you, you mentioned something that uh, uh, made me want to ask to make sure that you're not being like, I guess, taken advantage of like someone's trying to lowball you with a job. Like what, what would you tend to do like early on in your career like do you have certain people to go to to be like hey am i getting lowballed here with this job that's trying to pay me two hundred dollars when really it's worth two thousand dollars um or was there a community that you went to um or, or did you actually have an agent at that point I, I do. I So I do have an agent. Um, and there have been a few times when I will have a client come to me and I will ask her. Um, I do have two or three people um, that are close to me that I trust and I know are always looking out for my best interests. So I'll go to them and I'll say, hey, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Um, there are also several resources out there um, that work to provide rate guides. Um, so the Global Voice Acting Academy is the one I typically go for. Um, Gravy for the Brain is another one. There's several resources out there that are committees that are constantly um, putting together these guides for what fair rates are in the industry. And it, it does it does change. Um, there are, you know, occasionally you know, you might get a commercial for a mom and pop shop that's not, you know, a corporate business and you know you might do something that's a little bit under um under the budget and that's that's okay i'm not saying that you should never do those things it's it's a lot of it is it's situational um Mm -hmm. but yeah those um like gravy for the brain and uh the global voice acting academy those ones are really good guides to kind of base your rates off of and it's a really good idea to also create a rate card for yourself just so you can you know if somebody asks for it you can send it but just so you have a minimum of what you're willing to accept um so yeah that's cool yeah so um let's let's dive into a couple quick uh questions that we had from from our fans from from Facebook. So a couple a couple people were asking about like getting started in voice acting. Um you know they they were inquiring about agents and auditions like if you you know uh, have to have one um do you need one um so uh, I and I know that we've you know kind of touched on a lot of these um just uh, intermittently um, as the issues have popped up during our recording already. But um, if you just want to highlight some of the things regarding, you know, getting started, like, you know, and uh, specifically for agents and and auditioning and whatnot. Yeah. Um, So agents should not be an immediate focus when you're getting started. Um, I think agents are definitely a necessity down the road. Um, but when you're first starting out, your main focus as far as, you know, at one, once you've been through the coaching, all of that, um, you should 
your main focus should be direct marketing. You should be marketing to clients. You should be booking your own work. Um, and there's, I, I could give you a whole lot of information about that too, but there are a lot of people who are way smarter than me that I would refer you to, to learn how to market yourself. Sure. Um, <laughs> but um, my first two years, I spent direct marketing to clients and that's how I booked my work was I worked directly with projection houses, with, um, with companies. And that's where you should start because before you get signed on with an agency, they want to know that you can book work. They want mm -hmm. to know that you are capable of booking jobs. They want to hear what you can do. Okay. Um, they want you to have a little bit of a repertoire behind you before they sign you on. Because, you know, if they sign you on and you're not bookable, then what was the point of them signing you on, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that actually makes sense and kind of bridges that gap of like, you know, how do you get experience when uh before you have experience you know that the whole you know, classic catch 22 um so that actually makes a lot of sense and helps bridge that gap a little bit i feel like sure and i mean there's other ways too um like it's the, the pay-to-play websites like there's so many of them nowadays there's you know voices.com there's voice one two three there's bedalgo there's voiceovers there's so many different ones i personally do not participate in those as of right now um i have looked into them to see you know which one is going to suit me best but there are websites that you um pay to be a member of and auditions will come through sure. um now, whether you book through there a lot of it really just depends on a how quick you are to audition b how good your audition is um so you can get auditions that way as well. Um, but yeah, agents agents are something that is later in your career. I just got my first agent last summer in July. July, okay. I believe. Yeah. So I, I haven't quite been with her quite a year. Um, but she sends me auditions just about every day. And oh, as long wow. as it's yeah, as long as it's fitting for, for me. Now sometimes I'll get some that are I'm like, oh, that's not me. That's not my voice. Um, mm -hmm. or she'll send one that's, you know you have to be bilingual or you have to be of a certain ethnicity. Um, I pass on all those because <laughs> that's not me. Um, and that's, that's an important thing too, is when you have an agent, A, you're giving them your best work, um, but don't audition for things. Just because they send you the audition does not mean you have to audition for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but that that's cool that you, you finally got hooked up with uh, an agent uh, it seems like that they are giving getting a lot of work to I mean like at, at least one audition a day seems like a lot like I, I would get emails from recruiters I mean I still do like almost every day like hey David are you in the job market looking for another developer uh, position and I'm like oh my god like please stop <laughs> like uh, um so yeah that's that but in your case I, I can assume that getting audition opportunities on a fairly frequent basis like that is a good thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It brings a lot of opportunity to, opportunity to the table um, because with an agent, a lot of those auditions, I would have never been able to get without her because mm -hmm. um, I've got a lot of video game auditions from her, a lot of um, animation stuff as well. And those are things that those companies specifically go through casting directors who then send it to the agents. Um, so those auditions are ones that it, it's almost like, it's almost like your agent is the gatekeeper. <laughs> so if you right. can get booked on with an agent, that gives you the key to be able to have the opportunity to audition for it at all. Because without her, I would have never had that opportunity. 
Sure. Um, now, whether I book it or not, that depends on, you know, how good I was. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I, I, there's lots of factors that go into that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's important to have an agent, especially depend depending on what genre that you're getting into. But there's a lot of bigger, you know, huge brands like, you know, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, you know, all the car companies. A lot of those go directly through agencies. And those are those are auditions that you would not necessarily be able to get on your own okay cool so in terms of like just all jobs that are out there what have you found to be like some of the most common jobs um and and are there any that are like sought after the most like by the general public um i i guess uh, so that's kind of a two-part question i apologize no, that's okay. Um, again, a lot. Of, there's a lot of work out there. There's so much. Um, a lot of people think that the voice acting community is oversaturated right now because when COVID hit, everybody decided they wanted to be a voice actor. <laughs> um, sure. but it's, it's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of work. And over the course of the last year, we've seen a lot of shifts in the industry. Um, so there's a lot of commercial stuff coming back because a lot of people needed um, you know, hey, we're open for for takeout when all the restaurants were closed or mm-hmm. hey, we're, you know, we're here for you. Um, I never want to hear the word unprecedented again. <laughs> oh yeah, that, <laughs> um, that, that one's time. Used, that one's used a lot. Yeah, it it's a lot. So, um I I wouldn't say that there's one that's necessarily more common to find work in. Um most of the industries that are bigger. I mean, there's a lot of e-learning right now because a lot of schools are virtual Mm -hmm. Um, or even, you know, just what's the um, Duolingo, like similar things to that where you're learning a language or you're learning a new subject. Um, There's a lot of e-learning stuff that goes into that. Um, Medical narration is another thing as well. So you might have a new prescription that you just got put on and you get this video teaching you like the side effects or how to take this medication. You know, there's voice actors that that teach you those things. And then, of course, there's commercials. Yeah, there's so much. There's so many different genres of voiceover that people don't think about. When you call a a hotel or when you call a restaurant and you get that automated message, just like press two to speak to a a customer. That's a voice actor. Um, so telephony, um, political voiceover was huge last year because it was an election year. So a mm-hmm. lot of people were doing campaign voiceover. Right. Um, there's so much. So I wouldn't say that there's necessarily one genre that's bigger than the other. I find that, you know, everybody wants to, to be in a Disney movie or everybody wants to be a cartoon character. Right. Um, there are voice actors that don't do character work. There's some that just don't even look at it. Right. Um, they're like, I only want to do narration commercials. There's some voice actors that only want to do audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much work out there. You, but it's also so competitive because, like we were talking about before, you know, you might audition for something and have two really great auditions against another person, but at the end of the day, they're going to pick the one that stands out the most. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this is actually a uh, something you said jogged a question uh, in my mind that I wanted to ask you, um, but I, I didn't prepare <laughs> for you in the notes, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> Um, regarding like, uh, audio books, like I, I've kind of always wondered exactly 
like how how much prep goes into reading an audiobook um i'm sure it depends on uh the book itself like the length and um how complicated it is you know like obviously there's going to be a difference between twilight and game of thrones um (laughs) but like you know just say a run-of-the-mill like 300 page fiction book like i i always wondered like how much prep goes into that and like the, the the voice actor like how how long they spend in the booth like total hours because obviously you have to be there to read the book in its entirety but i wasn't sure it, you know exactly like if there's some behind the scenes stuff that goes on that i, I wouldn't have thought of that prolongs the process do, do you know anything about like the audiobook sector of voice acting i know a little bit um i typically stay away from audiobooks myself because i don't like to stand in the booth for a really long time (laughs) it seems Um, like that's kind of the situation (laughs) yeah um i did actually i recorded my very first i i only was in what one two i think i was in three chapters of an audiobook um and it was for um a family friend so it was um it was something that i i wanted to do um and she she wrote the book um so we got the got the stuff Uh, my boyfriend sam and i we both actually were characters in it and the really cool thing about this this book is it was an interview style so it's a it's like a science fiction but your your character is being interviewed. So it was a very different style. It's very conversational. It wasn't so much I wasn't a narrator. I was a character. And so for me it was very different than a typical audiobook would be. Um and I really enjoyed it. Of course I I went through and I read the chapters. Um I kind of figured out what was going on. I figured out my relationships to the other characters mm-hmm. and really just kind of went with it from there. Got my notes on, you know, what kind of voice she was looking for in this character. And um, yeah, we recorded that. I think it's been two weeks ago now. Um, So that was a lot of fun. But most of the time with audiobooks, um, people that I, from the outside looking in, don't let me, you know, I'm not a professional audiobook reader. So, (laughs) Um, but most of the time, you know, they'll sit, they'll read the whole book from cover to cover just so they know what else in the book. Um, They'll make notes of any different character voices. So if you have dialogue, um, they might change the voice for those characters. Um, they'll make notes about any technical language. They'll make, you know, just anything that's going to be useful for them to remember when they're reading the chapter. And then, um, you know, most of the time they'll break the files up chapter by chapter, A, so they can take a break, <laughs> but mm-hmm. also so it's easier. A lot of people will outsource editors as well. Okay. So if you have an audiobook that takes you eight hours to read, they might then send that to an editor to you know cut out any mouth noise or breaths or breaks or funny tummy grumblings or <laughs> whatever comes up in there right um so yeah audiobooks are a beast that i do not have the willpower to necessarily <laughs> do right um it's it's a hefty thing and uh, more power to the people that do i know some really amazing audiobook narrators yeah um, um. No, one of my uh, one of my best friends. She just recently had her first um, first book published um, under um, I think Simon and Schuster is the publisher. Okay, and um, it, it was last fall, so 2019. And I I purchased the physical copy when she did a, a, a 
in-person signing at the Barnes and Noble, actually in your neck of the woods in Franklin. Um, I love that one. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's a good one. Um, But uh, I I just recently drove up to South Carolina for um, a funeral and I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to spend more money, um, (laughs) which I'm hoping supports my friend. Um, and I got the audiobook version um, to and listen to that basically the entire trip. And uh, and that's kind of what got me thinking about a lot of those questions that that I asked was like it, it seems like such a time commitment. Um, and plus that that voice actor was amazing. Like she did a fantastic job. Um, Good. just gave me like this whole brand new appreciation for for voice actors. so. So yeah. yeah, that's that's a hefty beast. <laughs> yeah, I, I I figured as much. I I mean, you know, it's it's literally a book long. You know, depending on the the size of the book, but exactly, <laughs> it, it seems like it would be. You know, if you take on a project like that, it would be a a commitment. Um, you know, as far as the the longevity, duration, etc. So, um, but we had one more fan question. Um. And it was about accents and Southern accents in particular. She said that uh, in the stuff that she's watched on TV and in movies um, with Southern accents, um, they uh, basically that they're crap. Um, (laughs) And uh, she hasn't really found too many Southern accents that have been really... uh, accurate to you know whatever region they're supposed to be portraying they, they just kind of seem phony so um she she was asking like you know do do people uh like i guess agents or people looking to cast a a role uh, do they look for people that can do accents? Do they look for people with like a natural accent um, sometimes? Or is it a little bit of both or, or can be both? Um, so, so yeah. I would say it's it's a 50-50 split. I, I've seen a lot more of them asking for authentic accents now. So they're okay. if they're looking for... I see a lot of British accents or a lot of Spanish accents come through. They are looking for somebody who, you know, is an English speaker, but has that accent natively. Sure. Um, I've seen a lot more of that just because it brings more of an authenticity to the table. Yeah. Um, But there are, you know, there's a lot of, you know, voice actors that I personally know that can do a really good, Mm -hmm. you know, New York accent or a really good um, like New Orleans accent. There's some really good ones out there. And there's coaches that are dialect coaches that will actually train in how to do those accents. Um, So it's it's 50 50. I've definitely heard my share of bad ones. (laughs) Um, Sure. But uh, I've seen a lot more days um, casting directors are trying to cast authentic accents, which I think is great. Right. Um, but there are some really good voice actors that can do both. Sure. Yeah. W- when I was trying to figure out a way to structure this question, uh, you know, to ask you specifically, uh, the only thing that I could think of was that episode of the office where um it's the the murder mystery like game that they're all playing to keep their minds off do you know the episode i'm talking about yeah (laughs) yeah and like uh pam as like the the deb character is trying to do like the the new orleans southern accent right and he's like 
what you're doing is this Florida panhandle when really you want this molasses coming out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it is. It's the same thing, you know, and I think there's a certain level of study that needs to go in to to those accents. You know, there is, uh, for the life of me, I cannot remember her name and I feel so terrible, but there is. I know I'm so bad. Uh, I, I watched her workshop uh, back in May, I think, last year at the One Voice Conference, and she actually spent her several years of her life traveling to the entire world with a microphone and like recording equipment in the back of a van recording people of certain dialects and different accents and put together this entire collection of accents. And it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Um, so it's really cool. Um, I am not an accent person. I can't do New York to save my life. Um, <laughs> it, it's not for me. Um, it's, occasionally, it's a hard I can, one. <laughs> it is. It is, and I think it's especially with like video game characters. If I'm doing like a British, like a they ask for a British accent as an alt, um, mm-hmm. they might say, "Hey, we imagine this person to have a neutral American accent, but maybe a British accent. We're not sure." I might give them a take of both. I might give them, you know, my my neutral accent, and then I might give them like my take on British. And I'm not saying it's great, sure. um, but if they specifically say, I've seen a lot of character work lately that says, "Hey, we want somebody of Asian descent for this role." Hey, we want somebody of, you know, I I had one the other day that was. Um, they wanted like a native Indian accent. And I think that's great. You know, I would never go out for auditions that specifically say, hey, we want somebody for this role. Um, that That is this ethnicity or is this accent or is this language. Um, but if it's something that they, you know, uh, an elf character and they're like, hey, we don't really know what we want this elf to sound like. So can you just give us some of both? You know, I might throw out like some kind of, you know, British accent, you know, that I would use in D&D or something. And I, I'm right. not saying it's spot on. I would never use it against a British person. <laughs> Um, but you know, sometimes it's, and sometimes they don't really know what they're looking for. So while they might not be looking for a neutral accent or a British accent, you might have kind of like this in between kind of voice that works for that character. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think a lot of it too, depends on the, the backstory of the character too. You know, if, if they are for sure from, you know, a certain country, then they should probably sound like someone from that country. Now, if it's like a fantasy character and you, you know, have this cool voice that you can do that's like a mixed accent or like a not very good accent like it it, it might work for that character wow okay that's yeah that that's a, a lot of good information um and very good to know stuff um and, and it, it's also cool to hear that um you know people that are in, in the position of hiring uh, voice actors that they're they want a lot of times that genuine accents. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. of course there are so many great voice actors out there that can do so many different accents. Um, And obviously that's, that's fantastic, but you know, to have someone that happens to be a voice actor and they have that genuine, like their native tongue tongue is English, but they happen to have a, you know, a Spanish accent or a Hispanic accent or a British accent. Um, I'm sure that, you know, is, it seems like niche, but also like can be, a pretty powerful uh, tool in your in your tool bag, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to do what works for you. You know, like if, if you are, you know, like you said, with the Southern accent, if you have a natural Southern accent and it is, you know, something that a casting director is looking for, like that's your role. That's your time to shine. Sure. Like that's, that's where you, that's where you fit in. And sometimes it is a niche thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, I trained myself how to speak high Valerian on Duolingo a couple of years ago and I haven't wait, got to use it yet, but that's something that? that I'm like, Hey, this is a niche thing. <laughs> wait, did you, did you say high Valerian? Yes. Okay. Like from Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay, yeah. For, for like for a second, I couldn't figure out what you said, but I was like, wait, I, I think I heard Valerian in there. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was I, like, uh, oh, you nerd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, out of all of the languages that I probably could have taught myself, you know, that would actually be useful. I was like, no, I think this is a good one to learn. <laughs> yeah, um, so, that. yeah. And, and you know, obviously that's that's fun in games. But, you know, if you if you come from a certain country or a certain accent or, you know, you you grew up around that, then I, that you can find a niche. Like there's so like I said, there's so much work out there that you will find where you fit in and be so good at it that you know, they're like, oh, that's the person that can do this accent spot on because they're from that country. Right. Um, and even in the the voiceover forums, a casting call might get posted and say, hey, we're looking for somebody with this very specific accent. I mean, it might be from, I don't like a not very common accent and voice actors will start tagging people that they know that are native to that place. And it's, it's amazing the support that goes into, to trying to find authentic people to fill those roles. It's really great. Sure. Um, <clears throat> does, does it ever happen to, or sorry, does this ever happen where like in that specific instance, someone will get tagged. That's not even a voice actor, but just happens like happens to fill out every single aspect of what, they're looking for to, to cast for that character. The only thing that's missing is that them being an actual voice actor. Has that ever happened before? Not particularly in terms of if they are, they are most likely either an on-camera actor who okay. could probably portray that through voice or okay. they might be a singer. They have some kind of experience to where you know, they, they could easily fill those shoes for that specific role. Sure. Okay. Yeah. There was just a, a random question that I thought of. I was like, I, I wonder if anyone's gotten roped into that situation where they're like, <laughs> hey, you have a, a, a great Southern accent, but have zero acting experience. Like, you want to come audition for it? I, I don't know. It seemed like one of those like whimsical events that you know, you chimerically fall ass backwards into and all that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that goes to show exactly how much I know about the industry. Um, but I, I've, know. yeah, I, I've learned a lot during this podcast, um, which, uh, you know, is a decent segue into some closing, sorry, excuse me, closing thoughts. Um, now, is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that, you would like to discuss um, before we we wrap up? I don't think so. I think that this is this has been very thorough, and I, I hope I've given some some good insight. Um, yeah. I'm always happy to answer any questions or give advice. So um, 
you know, anybody that, that has a dream of being a voice actor or is just starting out and needs some recommendations for for coaching, for, um, you know, education on marketing, um, I'm happy to provide those resources. Um, so, yeah, I, I just I hope I've given a little bit of like, you know, tip of the iceberg insight into to the beginnings of having a voiceover career. Yeah, absolutely. This this has been great. Like all the information that you've given us. Um, I mean, like I said, I've learned a, you know, metric shit ton, as they say, <laughs> uh, about it just in this, you know, hour and 45 minutes we've been recording. Um, and uh, I mean, this has been a blast. Like I, I you know, I, I've had so much fun with, with this podcast. Um, so yeah, Thank you so much for coming on. Um, before we sign off completely, um, I, I told you about the closing segment that we usually do called "Shit That Doesn't Suck." Do you have something? <laughs> do you have something prepared? Um, I, I mean, I could talk about probably anything. It, it really, I mean, <laughs> I'm a nerd. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the last video game you played, the last comic book you read, the last show that you watched, whatever you want to pick, um, is, is cool with us. Um, and, and like I said, it doesn't even really have to be, you know, nerd centric. It can be about anything. Um, just something that you'd like to rec recommend to our listeners that, um, you have recently ingested into your, your brain. <laughs> hmm. Do you want me to go first to give you time to think? I, about it? I'll let you go first, and then I'll I'll give you like a video game, a movie, and a and a comic, and I'll oh let you boy. choose, and That's then, then, I'll, and then I'll, I'll go on from there. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, so this, I think that this just came out on Netflix. Um, I, th I think it was just last week, maybe last weekend. Uh, but it's the history of swear words. Um, hosted yes! by Nicholas Cage. Cage yeah. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it, but I keep seeing the ads for it, and it looks hilarious. Yeah. Um. So I'm into. I, I think I'm at the fourth or fifth episode. Um. It's it's your typical Netflix fare for the most part, but like, don't, don't perceive that as like, oh, well, you know, I, I shouldn't watch it. Like, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm talking about it, so I recommend it. Um, but it is hilarious. Like the episodes are short, you know, they're like 25, 30 minutes and each episode is dedicated uh, appropriately to one swear word. And they open up the show with, uh, the word fuck. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's, I mean, it's hysterical. Um, they get a lot of like other actors and comedians to come in and talk about that word. And they actually get people that worked at like um, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary um, and, and like archivists and, and linguistic um, anthropology people to like talk about the origins of words and the history behind them. So it's like it's like this really fun alternative history course combined into 30 minutes about one super incredibly niche topic um i love that <laughs> yeah, it's it's about swear words um and it makes it even better <laughs> yeah, and they're my favorite words to use um yes uh, especially <laughs> fuck because it is so incredibly versatile uh, you can but, use it in front of anything and it makes sense <laughs> yeah exactly um so so yeah um the, uh, like i said i think it's called the, the history of swear words hosted by nicholas cage um it's it's a great one uh so yeah go go check it out 
I certainly will. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch that. It's gonna go on my my list of mm-hmm. thousands of things that I need to watch. Yeah. <laughs> we all have those. I yes. Mine is, uh, it only gets longer, never shorter. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. so so what did you what did you decide on? Well, I've been I've been a video gamer since I was four. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I played on the Super Nintendo when I was teeny weeny. Hell yeah. Um, Yes. And um, my very first memory of a video game was um, I came home from school one day. I was actually seven at this point. And um, my dad was playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Nice. Um, and that's I, I remember sitting down and watching him play and just falling in love with the game. And that's the very first game that I remember falling in love with and being so immersed in. And so, you know, Zelda's been a part of my life since I was very small. And so um, Breath of the Wild's been out for almost four years now. It came out in 2017, which is wow. crazy to think about. Yeah, it's crazy um, that it's been around for that long already. I know. I'm uh, crossing my fingers that Nintendo, please, 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 Nintendo, <laughs> talks about the sequel soon. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, Nintendo, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we... Um, we picked up Age of Calamity, which is a um, the Hyrule Warriors. I don't know if you're into the the Zelda franchise at all. Oh, a um, little bit. I, I know my. I, I know enough to like hold a, a three minute conversation about <laughs> Zelda. Most of, most of that it would be me talking about how much I don't know about Zelda. But granted, I'd be fair. talking about Zelda. So. <laughs> um. So Breath of the Wild is kind of the, if you put it on the timeline, I think it's the very first thing in the timeline. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it begins the timeline. Um, But Breath of the Wild was such a revolutionary game for the franchise because, you know, every other game up to this point has been very linear. It's been very hey, go to this dungeon and then this dungeon and then you get this weapon so you can go to the next place. It's been very linear. Like you have to do what the game tells you to do. Whereas with Breath of the Wild, it's such an immersive game and you can go anywhere the second you start the game. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, here you go. Here's this big, beautiful world for you to go and do whatever you want. And Link can climb, Link can jump. Uh, Your weapons will actually break in this game. You have to collect resources to cook food. Um, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah. Um, I've, so, and it, I've seen some gameplay firsthand. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's um, okay. I mean, I mean, I, I have been to uh, some friends' houses where that they have a Switch, um, and and they've been playing the game. So, uh, yeah, you're correct. It, it is very beautiful. It's it's fantastic, and uh, I, I I think the reason that I I thought about it is a we've been playing it a lot. Um, Sam actually just beat the trial of the sword last night which is um extremely difficult to beat and uh i screamed just inside a little bit because i haven't had the chance to beat i can't do it it's too hard for me um (laughs) so i was like rooting him on but also a little bit jealous and so uh we've been really into um this is our second time playing through breath of the wild um but uh we also played Age of Calamity, which is very different than a general Zelda game because it's more of the Dynasty Warriors hack and slash style. Nice. Um, yeah. And it was it was really, really good um, compared to the previous Hyrule Warriors that they put out. I felt like this one, not only did it give a prequel story to Breath of the Wild and to what was going on, um, 
it was it was a lot of fun gameplay. Every character had very unique fighting styles. Um, you actually had boss fights on the field, so it was very cool. You might have had like a big guardian pop up, and um, you know, like a Hinox might pop up. There was really cool things that throughout the game, but also too, you get to see uh, maybe in your little bit of seeing your friends play on the switch mm. breath of the wild is very much everything is destroyed everything is in ruins it's nothing is still standing except for like bits and pieces of the castle and some of the villages sure but in the age of calamity it's everything is it's it's before the calamity hits so you actually get to see all the villages you get to see castle town you get to see like the citadels it's amazing oh, and wow. so it, you see this beautiful map before it was destroyed and it was just a really fun thing to see everything still standing but also how devastating the war actually was because you're fighting like hordes and hordes of enemies sure. and so it, it's really cool it was a very interesting story um and it put uh without giving any spoilers it puts a very big wrench in the storyline so i'm okay. interested to see what happens with the sequel now because i'm like my mind was completely blown <laughs> right yeah that that sounds awesome um and very overwhelming i i wish i had the time to get my hand <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot i think uh i think when i checked my game i had like 300 hours into holy the game. <laughs> shit <laughs> now granted it's been out since 2017 and i got it on day one like got sure. the collector's edition <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah, it's a lot, but uh, definitely recommend, even if you're not a Dynasty Warriors fan, if you're a Zelda fan, mm. um, Age of Calamity is absolutely worth picking up. Yeah, I love Dynasty Warriors because um, it's, I am a simple man and Dynasty Warriors <laughs> is a simple concept. You go in with a weapon. It buttons. Yeah, it's just button mashing. <laughs> it's like the realm of video gaming where button mashing is, is celebrated because yes. <laughs> you gotta do. like i remember the first time i was in high school and you know i i, I talked about this on the podcast a lot i'm you know the poster boy of uh, a casual video gamer and this game was perfect for me he was he was like hey you want to you know check out this game and i was like i mean you know if it's going to take a lot of time and effort to like jump into it then like probably not <laughs> to be honest he's like no dude you just go in and like you push buttons and i was like all right, well, I'm going to hold you to that. Well, sure as shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> all I had to do. I was like, all right, I will eat my words. I love this game. It's it's cool. a good series. It really is. And, and that is, it's the beauty of being able to press buttons. But like, if you really want to like learn how to do the combos, like you could if you wanted to, but you definitely don't have to. So you can just spam the B button a bunch of times and you're good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and so you said you also have been playing a little bit of Animal Crossing? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm a little ashamed at how much time I put into Animal Crossing when it first came out. <laughs> um, I, I think I, I think it's safe to say you're not the only one that dumped a lot no. of time. <laughs> at a very appropriate time. Uh, I, I agree. I, I don't think there could have been a better timing because it came out, you know, right at the height of COVID. And it also came out... Um, it was personally, it was a really hard time for me. Um, my grandmother passed away in the spring last year and um, it came out a few days before she passed away. And so um, that was a really hard time for me because we were extremely close. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went into this little ball of like, I'm just going to hide away and play video games because the world around me is burning. <laughs> and so sure. um, 
I, I know it sounds silly, but I really do think that it helped me get through some really hard times because it was one of those games that I didn't have to think about. I just mm-hmm. went in and I had these cute little animal villagers and I was growing flowers and building houses. <laughs> and it was also, um, I, I had a small Facebook group where, um, you know, I might have friends come to my village and be like, hey, do you guys want any of these flowers? Or hey, do you guys want to trade pieces of furniture? And so <laughs> it was, it was kind of like a, a friend thing too. You know, I, I it, it was a way to feel connected to friends without having to physically be together. And that in in and of itself was very important. And even today still is. The gaming industry is on an all-time high mm-hmm. between last year and this year, um, between A, the new consoles coming out that are non-existent right now. <laughs> um, right. But, um, you know, it, it's a way to feel connected to friends when we can't physically be together. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said that better than I could ever do, um, given any period of time to prepare. <laughs> um, but, uh, of course, you know, one of the things that you live and breathe is video games. And I mean, for fuck's sake, you worked at GameStop for a billion years. So um, you, you also have that. But like, you know, what what you said about Animal, cra- animal Crossing and, and it like bridging this gap between people and helping people, you know, stay connected and, and make new friends even. Um, that That's kind of the big overarching uh i guess message i've gotten like i unfortunately like i said i don't have a switch so i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet it's definitely on my list but like uh you know i've heard that it's it's helped so many people just like work through like mental issues like it's basically like video game version of therapy or like video game therapy like you know where they can just hop on and like it's not necessarily like mindless like you know video gaming it but it's like it just relaxes you um it is i mean it's between just the like i said it it almost is a little bit mindless in the fact that you you don't have to think about it too much there's not really sure. like a strategy it's you know you have cute villagers and you have flowers and you're on you're on an island by the ocean and the music itself like i i play um, my Spotify is full of video game soundtracks and anime nice. soundtracks. That's all I listen to. <laughs> um, but I have like lo- lo-fi versions of the entire Animal Crossing soundtrack. And I play those when I'm either marketing or when I'm sitting doing work. Um, it's, it's peaceful. Yeah, it's, it is. It's one of those peaceful games. And it, it has been very nice to see friends or you know, people that I don't know that have come together and it, it's helped them with, you know, mental health struggles. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to see how wonderful video games can be. You know, growing up, you know, it was like, video games are bad for you. Right. Like, they teach violence. No, they really don't. <laughs> um, right. Like, we sure showed yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, um, how, look how great we're doing mentally and look how productive we are. Like, right? we're, we're adulting. Yay. <laughs> we're doing the thing. We're surviving. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah uh, and that's, that's the joy of video games is it, yeah. it's there's something out there for everyone, whether you be a casual gamer or a hardcore gamer or somewhere in between. Um, there really is. There's something for everyone, even if it's just Candy Crush on your phone. Like there sure. is something for you out there. <laughs> 
Right, exactly. Crushing that candy. It doesn't get any yes. than that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Kayla, um, once again, thank you so much for coming on and imparting us with all this fantastic knowledge about voice acting. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. So thank you. Yeah, again. it's been so fun. Thanks for having me. I was very excited when you asked me. I was like, oh, really? Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I was I was hoping you'd say yes. And, and thankfully you did, because uh, like I said, this has been an absolute blast and, and pleasure on my side of the table. So, um, you know, from the, the bottom of my heart, I, I appreciate it, you know. Um, and like I said, I do have a gift coming your way. Um, I've been, I've been working on it today and I, I think you'll, you'll be excited when you see it. Um, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again. Um, and, uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you've made it this far as always, congratulations. And I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> actually, <laughs> You know I'm what? sorry too. <laughs> uh, usually that that's like our, our second to last sign off line when Ted is here, because when it's him and I, like it, it's just us bullshitting, you know, for like 60 <laughs> to 90 minutes. And we're like, if you made it this far, like congratulations. And I'm sorry, you deserve a plaque. Um, but like, <laughs> this has actually been, uh, you know, a genuine, enjoyable experience. And if you don't think so and you're listening then congratulations on your long opinion so uh, <laughs> but yeah uh listeners thank you so much for tuning in and as always be kind stay geeky and eat lots of cheesecake bye bye <laughs> there you go <laughs>